Hello, welcome to a new episode of Adventures in the Creative Industries. In the studio, I'm in conversation with David Hartman. David co-founded a company called Werewolf, a very successful animation studio here in Edinburgh, which he left not long ago after experiencing a burnout. Dave has a very interesting journey, which started with illustrations, touched on sound engineering, and after a stint traveling Europe on a bike, ended in animation. With them, we touch on mental health and keeping balanced as a professional in the industry. We also discuss what it means to run a business as a creative. I hope you can learn something from this conversation as much as I did. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Adventures in the Creative Industries. My name is Eric Cravaglia. I'm the host and creator of this podcast. This is an opportunity for me to discuss the ins and outs of the creative industries through sto- stories. Why can I not say stories? <laughs> through stories, experiences, and drama as seen through the eyes of the featured guests. Hi, everyone. Hello, David. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Very good, actually. Very good. Dave and I met um, a few years back, I'll say around 2012, 2013. Yeah, it's going to be something like that, yeah. Five, uh, five six years. Yeah. Five, six years ago, you had just left Blonde Digital, I think, at the time, were you know? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And you were you just started a new place called Contagious, another mm-hmm. agency in, in Edinburgh. And I was looking for, just to get to meet people in the industry that were animators. Yeah, that's right, because you were working over at Leith at the yes. time, right? Yes, I was at Leith at the time, and... Our common friend, Jim Wolf, shout out to Mr. Jim Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, put us in context. That's right. Yeah, yeah. in context. In, in context. context. In context as well. In context. Put us <laughs> in contact, in context. Um, yeah, he shouted me out on LinkedIn. So I thought you didn't know him directly then. At the no, time. I knew Jim before from working at Blondes and Leith on a couple of projects in the past. Okay. Um, but we hadn't talked for a couple of years, I think, a year or two. And then he contacted me on LinkedIn saying, hey, man, I, thought, I think there's a dude here that you'd like to meet. Um, would you be up for it? And I was like, hells yeah. Anybody who's doing motion graphics, man. I mean, at that time as well, we got to remember that there wasn't a lot of folk. Yeah. It's funny like that. how five years changed the industry dramatically. Mm-hmm. Like we were like a handful yeah. at the time. Absolutely. They and we, like freelancers, even less. Oh, yeah. There was... There was you wouldn't you wouldn't hire a freelancer in Edinburgh doing motion graphics back then. I no, don't think. you would go down to London. You go to London, Manchester, to Manchester, yeah. Manchester, something like that. Probably Maybe Glasgow. Well. You might find a couple of them, but probably there were a couple in Glasgow yeah. at the time. Actually, yeah. shout out to all the motion graphics designers at the time. <laughs> they, yeah. were, they were kicking about in the industry. Yeah, or um, hiding, or hiding somewhere in the industry. I think that was the main problem, though. To be honest, was a confidence. I don't know if it was a confidence thing. I just think like that, for the, whole the thing. awareness, awareness, people. people weren't out there. It was more, they, I think it was more of a design community. And the design community was based around, you know, print designers and packaging designers and web designers and all that kind of stuff. So there wasn't a, there wasn't a hub where people can go and talk about motion design. I mean, when people ask you, what do you do for a living? And you go motion designer. The amount of blank faces that you have yeah. is incredible. And then you have to explain what you do. Yeah, you, you might as well just go for animators. I yeah, mean, like, yeah, what, absolutely. what do you do? I'm an animator. Because at the end of the day, that's what you do. Yeah. Like, you design yeah. the motion as, as much as um, it's making it. So it's like, you're pretty much an animator. You don't maybe work on a classic sense of being an animator, I yeah. would suppose. So you, you maybe you might not do 
frame by frame, although occasionally you would do it. Of course. But like clearly like Cinema 4D and After Effects are your weapon of choice and Illustrator is probably where you start of Photoshop or depending Photoshop, on your yeah. skills and whatever you prefer. But <clears throat> I think, yeah, at the time you're right, there was like a lack of of community in a way. I mean, mm. not that now like all the animators hang out in oh, secret no, no, pubs no. somewhere. No, <laughs> like, no, we're so geeking yeah. out at home trying to learn our crafts. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I remember at the time whenever you met one, it was always like, oh, oh, that, well, that's we did this special thing, you know? Mm. We're not just... Oh, you do that. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, now we have something to talk about. Yeah, oh, so, let's talk about how shit After Effects is for the next <laughs> half an yeah. hour. <laughs> it's like, I think you're right. That's That was, that was the thing. I mean, now it's such a... It's so different. I mean, like right yeah, now, the yeah. industry has completely changed. There's a lot of people that do animation, motion graphics. Yeah, or... yeah I think so. Uh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But I think that's the advent of accessibility as well, like using mobile phones, gaming, uh, UI design. There is a, a, a much bigger request. And there's a lot, there has always been like a decent amount of projects out there. But right, right now, you could get a gig where all you're doing is animating UX, UI. Yeah, absolutely. Which absolutely. is, it was it would have been like gold dust at the time. Now it's a little bit more obvious as a gig. Yeah. And you will be working with programmers and everything. And, and it's it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, job at the moment. And there's so much you can do from 3D to 2D. To yeah, I think the definition of motion design is definitely, it has, has expanded exponentially over the last, you know, 10 years. I mean, motion design has been around since like 1930s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Back in the day. But um, in the last 10 years of the advent of technology and the accessibility that everyone has to it, I mean, um, yeah, it's definitely opened up new avenues. Do you know what I realized? I didn't even finish the introduction. This is a comment on the pre-introduction of the introduction. All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) Dave Hartman is is with me today. He is a freelance animator right now. Yes. He used to run Werewolf, where you were the creative director, new business, and like the pulsating heart of the business. That's pretty pretty much it, yeah. And then before then, you were design director, Contagious. And then before then, you were Blonde Digital, which when you were doing animation. We also just now got into the funnel of this game called Legend of the Five Rings <laughs> for the one that are listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just started playing that game, which is like magic. So yeah, we're all adults and yes, we I like don't to know. Geek out. We like to geek out. We have we have yeah. other interests. Um although they're very expensive interests so we rather not talk about yeah, it. Sometimes but, we won't yeah. talk about how much the stuff costs. Yeah, better not we'll get in trouble by our wives, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they're just silly card games. Yeah. <laughs> but besides the geeking out aspect of our relationship, I wanted to touch on your career this podcast it's all about the story of professionals in the industry i like to discuss everything about that that's why it's called adventures in the creative industries because it's a series of experiences as a professional yeah it's a journey for sure it's a journey yes and also it's how that journey affects your life because it is an up i don't want to sound negative but it is it's an uphill struggle it's a learning curve <laughs> it is a, it's a massive learning curve because you're it dealing is. with so many facets that you that are unexpected at times and not to say that they're unpleasant there's definitely a lot of pleasant unexpected uh, you know things yes. that happen but the, there is a lot of things yeah a lot of um, hard work and 
dedication that goes into this. Yeah, hardship, right? And hardship yeah. at times, yeah, definitely. And I think uh, the more people that are aware of what to expect of those hardships, they'll have, they'll have better tools to yes. deal with that. It's also about like if you're in, if you're in this industry, you're, you work as a creative, mm. no matter what you do, it's always good to hear other people's experiences so that you realize yeah, yeah. that you're not mad. You're not we, alone. You're not alone. We all go through the same yeah. the same struggles, and like it's important to talk about it so yeah. that that we all know that we're on the same magic soup. We all been stirred left and right. Somebody yeah. is a tomato. Somebody is a pepper. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> another another piece of meat. Uh, Sorry, a, I just a, a I don't know why. <laughs> like you, you might be a piece of cabbage. Who knows? Yes. Who knows? But like, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I just, uh, you know, Hopefully I have invested. Cabbage. Yes, <laughs> I, just, I was invested in that. You know, I had to finish it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, what's your origin story then? Right. Well, this this has a tendency to kind of waffle on a little bit. So, if if um, this is quite a common question that I get when I meet new people or or, or young designers, motion designers, or whatever. Um, so, I'm from I'm from Canada. I was born in a town called Edmonton, Alberta. Um, and basically raised in this town. So this this is an oil city, right? This is where all the big money goes to dig for their black gold type thing, right? Yeah. Um, we lived there for several years, and then we moved out into a small town called Beaumont, which is about 10,000 people. Now, for me, coming from a big city of 2 million people, big skateboarder, tight crew of people going out all the time, moving to this small town was a nightmare for me. And I was a creative individual, so I was drawing all the time, all the time. Characters, fantasy stuff, that's my big thing. Illustration, superheroes, and all that kind of stuff. I was really into that. And that's kind of like where, that's originally that's where, what I wanted to do is to uh, become a comic book artist when I was, since I was like six. Like that's all I did. Characters and all that kind of stuff. So I got to this small town and um, Went to high school, junior junior high, high school, and all that kind of stuff. But my only class that I actually ever really attended or actually enjoyed was art class. But unfortunately, the teacher didn't really like me too much. So I didn't get the best grades. I always kind of try to push the brief further than was expected, mm. you know? Okay. And I think this will kind of lead into a discussion a little bit later on. But um, I always wanted to try to flex my creative ego <laughs> to produce something that was out with the limits of what was expected. So we're going straight to the ego, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think all designers, all artists have this thing that internally that we would just want to create what we want to create, the best thing that we can create. Mm. We don't really think about like, initially we don't really think about, you know, oh, actually this person wants this or they need this particular aspect of, this is what they're hiring us to do. A lot of times we get we get a job in and we just, oh, this is the coolest thing, or this is what I'm into, buy this thing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think at a young age, I was doing that already. Okay. Right? I was already trying to instill my creative outlook on something that, no, dude, man, you're just supposed to take and sculpt uh, a teacup. And I would be like, no, I'm going to do a dragon. <laughs> you know what I mean? A teacup no, but wait dragon. A <laughs> I want a teacup. You know, I mean, that's simplifying it a bit. But anyways, so I started doing illustration. I got a job actually later on as an illustrator designing mascots for this company called International Mascot Company. Wow. Okay, now wait a second. What type of mascots? All sorts of mascots. I'm talking like we did Lakers mascots, we did McDonald's mascots, no redesigns, way. all that kind of stuff. And some just like birthday party mascots like bears and 
I think at that time, that's when um, Monsters Inc. came out as well. Is that right? Is that the same time? Could be. No, maybe not. Two. 90, no, that was 97, 98, maybe 99. Oh, I know that's, but I think Monsters Inc. probably was early, early 90s. Yeah, I think so. So anyways, I remember doing these big monsters and stuff like that. So no, I, would, I got part-time into the illustrative department, which was just Carl. This dude, Carl, and myself. <laughs> Carl! Carl! Um, who was an amazing artist. Like, he was so good. He would do things like uh, Todd McFarlane illustrations. Like, beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful comic book art. And there he was, sitting in this small room. <laughs> drawing mascots. Drawing bloody mascots, like big feet <laughs> and giant heads. And Were you drawing the, the, the actual, like, the... the, the the, what's it called the body parts yeah, you, well, you, would, you wouldn't break it out what you would do is you would draw you would come up with a concept and they would fit within certain proportions yeah. that, you would, that we'd all have to design like physically and so then that you a would, person can fit inside so a person can fit in so or, it's like it's the costume you're designing yeah, as well yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it's a big costume basically so and then you would give that to the production department and they would sculpt these things and create so amazing so I was part time one day a week yeah. for a couple hours in the illustration office and this is where I wanted to be with Carl right this amazing artist <laughs> who was so grumpy he was no. so he just didn't want to be like oh, there I bet like he was such a talented dude oh, he such a talented. and he submitted his work to like Image and and, uh, and Marvel and stuff and, and they kept bouncing him back unfortunately so where is Carl today? I think Carl still works there I was in touch with him probably about five, four or five years ago oh he's no still Carl there. he's still there so um Anyways, so I was only working there one day a week, and then the rest of the time I was making feet. I was producing feet. feet. Yeah, I was sculpting feet out of foam, and then you would like put like plastic paint over it, or you'd you'd sew fur, and I was it was brutal. So it's the same company. You were in the production office downstairs, sculpting feet, and then you were upstairs drawing those feet. Well, I was drawing the characters. I was coming the up with the concept character. for the okay. characters. I love that, right? And then my, that was like my night nighttime job. Basically. Was sculpting feet. My or di- no, no, my daytime character. job okay. is sculpting feet. Get going, yes. And then I got a couple hours a week doing illustrations. So eventually, uh, I hated it. And they moved me up to actually doing faces, like producing, like creating, producing the faces. That was great fun. Producing the faces, you mean in the production office still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was like proper sculpting and you know having to figure out dimensions of, that of, sounds like that was really a, cool. like a good skill like a good sculpting skill when you're yeah. learning to make faces yeah it was it was really fun because you have to work with different foams and you have to like create the basic shape where you can fit a human's head in it that's amazing can you still do that stuff probably not man <laughs> not, not that i well maybe maybe I, I would butcher it you know what <laughs> i mean but i could give you some techniques <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice to see you come and see you at home with this big thing of foam just like <laughs> yeah. sculpting away check this out check this like picasso painting at the end of the day but um so yeah after that anyways after that um i was getting frustrated because the town i was in there's no creative there's no creative there's no creativity I mean they have one of the best fine art uh, unis in mm-hmm. in like the western hemisphere yeah in North America it's considered to be like one of the best universities for fine art but there was never anybody like there was never any exhibitions there was never people showing off their work you didn't hear of anybody going off into some sort of creative industry and mm-hmm. 
there's no community again. Um, so I started focusing on music and really got into that scene. Um, I'm going to move this along because I, I, yeah. I don't want to take you down this well, like, crazy journey. But That was the origin story, That's right? where I started from. So you started from illustrations, making mascots, and then you got into music. And then I wanted to do music, yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to do. So like... <clears throat> like design was totally... I didn't even know what design was. Then. I, didn't yeah. even, I didn't even know it was like a, a thing. You know? So how do you go from a small village, well, a small town in Canada yeah. to... The Berg. Um, I want to apologize for calling the Berg to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Um, that was, again, that was quite random. I was in Edmonton at the time. And I just, well, I just dropped out of university studying electrical engineering. Um, I wanted to become, I wanted to become a, create animatronics for film. But it didn't work out. I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maths. Man. Who would have thought, right? It's like engineering. En engineering. <laughs> ah, give Math. me a pencil. <laughs> um, so I dropped out of that. And I was basically just sitting at home one day. And I'm like, I got to get out of this city. Um, and I didn't know where I wanted to go. Like My original idea was to go to like the east coast of Canada or back to Vancouver, where some of my family were, or go to America. And I was just like, this is, I don't, this is the same thing. There's nothing different. There's nothing here that's going to inspire me. So I basically sold everything I owned, which is like a bunch of music gear, enough to play, pay for a plane ticket somewhere and um, maybe live there for a month or two. Mm -hmm. And I went to the airport and I just said to the person at the desk, I said, hey, uh, can you... I had my backpack with like camping gear with me. I said, get me on the next flight out of North America. Uh, and she she's like okay let me just check and she checked it out she's like okay you're going to uh, you're going to Edinburgh and I was like <laughs> but that's it. I was like but I was like Edinburgh Edinburgh I was like where is that she's like Scotland and I was like okay cool so wow. I paid for my ticket and five hours later they're like calling David Hartman for flight blah 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 to Edinburgh please board and got on the flight on standby and boof now that must be the most random reason why anybody ever left their country <laughs> and then set up shop on a completely different country for uh, probably a third of their lives, I you say? Yeah, well, I, I, that was when I was 20. There you go. And now More I'm, than a third of your life. Uh, well, half of my life so far, because now I'm nearly 40. Damn, you're old, bro. I know. I know. So, okay, okay. So that, that is a random reason to come to, to Edinburgh. But then... How did you how did you get on in Edinburgh? Because like you started with music and and sound design first. Yeah, so I'll kind of I'll do a little really quick skip forward type thing. So I lived here. I lived in people's back garden in a tent, and I didn't know what I was doing. Oh yes, right? I forgot about that. Story. Then I, I traveled around Europe for a couple of years um, off like a shoestring. Had great experiences, and then I came back here, and I met my ex-wife at the time. And she really encouraged she, she encouraged me to kind of get back into studies and maybe focus on music. So, and supported that route. So I went to SAE in Glasgow uh, and studied electrical engine. Oh, sorry, audio engineering there. New and start. I, hmm? New start. Basically. A new start. Yeah, yeah. It was like okay, great. This is something I want to. Uh, I want. I'm really into. I'm really keen on. I want to get involved in in, in music industry. Um, so I went there to do music industry, but. It, 
I had this really weird um, kind of not epiphany, but I was, I like to sometimes sit and think about like my past and how I got to where I am and just kind of reflect, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, and on the choices that I made or, or the accidental things that happened, opportunities kind of overcome. But I remember sitting and they have like an introduction class in school and mm-hmm. in, in that you know, um, college, SE. Um, and what it, they introduce you to graphics because it could, they can show you how to do like animation and graphics and stuff. And then they introduce you to the music side of things. So I started doing the graphics. And after I did the graphics assignment, the, all the teachers came up to me and they're like, dude, I don't know if you should be doing music. You should be doing animation, special effects, and graphics because this is pretty good. And I was like, no, 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 no. Music. I'm not going back designing mascot anymore. No, I, I didn't even think it was a thing, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. I got, kind of got shot down along the way as well. Like, no, music is a new venture. I want to take that on board. And now in retrospect, it's like I should have like been like, yeah, I would have been a, I would have been ahead of the game. But I wouldn't have gotten to where I am today if I chose that path. Plus, you're so, pretty stubborn, dude. You know, so you, can't, like, you can't really, you got to have that quality. So you had to go through with music and like. Of course. You can totally see the people around you thinking, he's, he, nah. Yeah, yeah, he's, you have, because you, blind, you, you blindside it. yourself yeah. sometimes. You know yeah, you mean? do, yeah. Um, but then that's how you get shit done. So it's like, it's, it's this, but like, okay, so you can be stubborn. Yeah. And you can make the wrong, you know, decisions. You of can course. You take the wrong decisions. I mean, but there was no right or wrong decision there. Yes, at the time you made you, you right. made the best decision you could you could for myself. Yes, at then. the time. So yeah, music blah, blah blah. So I worked in the music industry for a while, and it was just full of sycophants. So I decided to get out of it after a couple of years. And I was traveling around a lot and just sitting in hotels by myself, going to exhibitions, and it wasn't my thing. And I wasn't doing anything creative. I was it was it was kind of soul destroying, because you have this kind of idea of what the music industry is, and you try to get in there. And being being young as well, I think being a young anything and if you're really enthusiastic about what you do if you're up against people who aren't willing to change or adapt with the times you're just faced with like brick walls all the time you know especially as you're young you yeah know, you're young you're like oh what face. do you know and yeah. blah, blah blah and that's uh, that's such a horrible way to think in any industry i think you know oh, oh you're so you're so young you don't know anything wait wait a minute i've been using your product for the last 10 years of course i know things mm. Or I've been sitting in front of the computer designing or creating music. Yeah, I know things. Maybe I don't know a lot of things, but I got a perspective. I got a point of view here. Absolutely, that's, yeah. that's viable. People like my age are buying your thing or using your service or engaging you in some way. Yeah, our val- our our information is valuable. So I felt at that time I was like, the hierarchy, especially in the UK, it was such top down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like I think that's one also one. One of the reasons why people go freelance and go their, do their own thing. Yeah. I mean, like if you're a kid, you're like 12, 13, as we were discussing this earlier, right? Like if you're that age and you start using a piece of software, like mm. today you have an opportunity to start using After Effects when you're still in middle school. Yeah, absolutely. If, you, if you're keen to learn. By the time you finish, you might be a f- fresh faced, but bloody hell, you have already like 10 years worth of experience by the time you're yeah, out of absolutely. uni. And you could be much, much better than your competition. And like, why would you even um, have to deal with the, 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 this hierarchic society when you can just say, oh, I'm, I'm good, man. I've got good yeah, portfolio. Yeah, do your thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And like Absolutely. people will just come to you for your services because you're good and you're much better than the people around you. So I, I, there, there is that misconception. I do understand why the, this hierarchical society is important, especially in the creative industries. I yeah. get it. And some people are 
great and they teach you good stuff and you get better because you you know you you, you can learn more mm. but like if you have a different path where you, you basically you're self-made in a way yeah. that you learn how to use the tools by yourself you learn design by yourself i think you will really struggle <laughs> into a hierarchical structure yeah of course i mean and the creative the creative medium itself in, in its pure definition is collaboration I mean, you can't get better at what you do and you can't create good things in isolation. It just doesn't happen. You right? can, so you can learn craft. the tools. Yeah. And, but these are just tools. You're just becoming professional. Uh, you're becoming a professional person using a hammer and nails, basically. You know what I mean? But you're not crafting the skills that get you growing in the creative domain, which is communication skills and, and design creative skills and that sort of thing, right? Those yeah. things can't really be taught those are things that take a long time they're not skill sets that be taught they take a long time of, of invested invested time in, in in a creative domain to kind of culture those things and hone those those skill sets right yeah i yeah absolutely um i don't know where that was going i think like we were talking uh, you into the <coughs> industry as a sound designer or a sound hmm. expert guy dealing with hierarchies yeah yeah so yeah the hierarchy system i found it really hard to deal with like in, in, in north america or in canada where i'm from you could you could you could say whatever you wanted to your bosses like i, I grew up speaking my mind like completely like blah, almost to my detriment when i came to this country yeah. where it got me in trouble loads right um so i had to learn how to again that's like soft skill development it's like learning how to deal with different cultures because now we're an international culture. We're not isolated by living in Canada or Italy or, or UK where we're just sitting here communicating with just people from the UK. We're dealing with loads of different cultures and backgrounds. So learning those uh, communication skills is, was very hard for me yeah. to begin with. Yeah, tell me about it. To yeah. tone it down, you yeah. know what I mean? And not be like, actually, your idea is shit. Yeah. Um, Basically, why? Because XXX, you know? Yeah. It's just that doesn't go well. You need it you, never goes well. Nah, you know, even if with your with your best mate working on a project and you're like, that idea that you just put down is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, and this is the reason why. Like, yeah. there's a fight ready to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here you have to sound it up. Absolutely, and remember, this isn't your work. Yes, you don't own it. Like, really, I mean, if you if you were in the if client domain yeah. and getting paid for it, it's not your stuff. I mean, if, if a client comes to you and says, I mean, yes, of course, if it's proper pants, then you have yeah. that discussion to try to improve it. But you're there to, to, to help them meet their objectives. Absolutely, Again, yeah. this goes back to the ego thing when we talked about the beginning, the brief, right, that I got from high school. You're, yeah. you're not an artist there taking an, uh, a brief from a client and go, this is what I think you need. It's more of like, let's take a look at what, you need to improve on and this is how i can help you do that yeah that makes perfect sense right. and it's also like when you work with a client clearly the client likes the stuff you do if you're a yeah. professional yeah so like if you're a freelancer or you have your own business or whatever but what you do has a look and feel clients will like that and they'll let you do your thing yeah. they'll still give you feedback fair of enough course. but of then course. because you're trying to match their, their expectations with your expertise yeah so it's like it's a good thing that you have a voice, but also it's a good thing you have to tone it down. And well, you have to keep your ego in, yeah, and base Yeah, you have to sometimes. shut up and listen. Yeah, 
eat some shit sometimes because yeah. it's good. You know, you get better. Yeah. But like, it's it's always a hard lesson, isn't it? Yeah, and I and I think like yeah, growing up in the industry, like even the music industry, I had to learn how to tone that down and just listen to people, right? Yeah. Um, and I think really I didn't really grasp that until later on in my career. Really, like honestly, to be honest with myself and go actually. I'm no longer shouting at you to do this thing because I think it's cool or I think this is the latest trend or I think it fits what you want to do because I'm just trying to shoehorn it in. I'm actually sitting there and listening to what your problem is and trying to come down to the solution and then give you that final piece that that works together because you're still collaborating. You're collaborating with the client to create what makes sense for them. Yeah, then again, I think that's the best thing about this job. Mm. as a freelancer is sitting now sitting now with a client and just get to know the person yeah. and work together towards the final the final goal because mm-hmm. otherwise you're doing your own thing they're doing their own thing you're never going to meet in the middle no and then you're going to get you're going to resent the whole project because it's taking oh. too long and you're not getting paid and yada 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 but that's 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 totally a different discussion yeah. that's, <laughs> a, that's another discussion for for the next the next, yeah, the next episode one. we'll do together yeah. yeah but like okay so when I say, okay, so we're just getting back on track, you see? Yeah, you know, totally, because, I, I mean, I like tangents, and tangents... No, no, we are definitely going on tangents. But um, but they always come back to what we're discussing. So I'm going to fast-track this even a little bit further. Right, wait a second. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to... Unless you want to, yeah. I'm going to get another tangent. Because like, before, like, about 10 minutes ago, you touched on the fact that you traveled around yeah. Europe. Yeah. We're not going to talk about this now because I want to have I want to have a conversation with you about that okay. at another time but like it's important to touch on how you traveled around Europe mm-hmm. because that I think that already is a story in itself yeah uh, I travel around on a bike on Europe yeah. so I never took a plane the only time I took a bus was on my last when I had zero money in a bank it was two years after my travels and I needed to get back to Edinburgh to get some sort of job because my visa was here. So I did have jobs when I was in Europe, but it was all under the table kind of thing, you know, and for like a day or two or doing manual labor or whatnot, selling leather jackets in Florence, for example. I did that just before I came back to uh, to pay for my ticket back because uh, um, somebody stole my last 50 quid. <laughs> so, so and I only had 250 quid when I left. So in two years, I still have 50 quid in my wallet. Until somebody else took Until it. some some child stole my wallet so so I mean that I think that's a story itself like to go back to the fact that you're stubborn you know yeah no I'm, I'm very I can be very stubborn and pedantic and and to to almost it could be probably to my detriment sometimes I'm sure because like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure you were around Europe somewhere you're like fuck I'm tired I might get on a bus you're like no yeah no I'm doing this I am doing this on a bike yeah yeah imagine how hard it was for you to get on that last oh, it's, bus it's again. oh that was that was painful actually coming back on that last bus that was horrible and then sitting on that bus and knowing that I'm leaving all of that behind to come back to do a job in a pub man yeah, that was brutal uh, that yeah. was that was a catalyst to go I that's not my life I need to do something with my life yeah. creatively and that's when I got into music Right, let's go back into the main track. We'll talk about this in details because yeah, I want yeah, yeah. to know, you know, that experience, what brought to you and why it was important for you to do it. Yeah, you know? sure. But like, to get back into your career, after music mm-hmm. and sound design, right, you got, you started becoming a designer or an animator. What was your first step? Well, 
see again i like i'm 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 a person that doesn't go down the straight and narrow path with anything in my life. Who does though? I don't know. Some people do. I, do I think some people yeah. like the idea of it, but for me, it doesn't work. I, I can't. I can't go. Okay, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do that for the next ten years, um, or whatever, for the rest of my life. I'm not that person. So when I got out of music, I actually started doing programming. Uh, I was programming websites, so I was learning code. So but, like web designing? No. Well, back, I was doing back end. Yeah, yeah, I was back end, uh, back end development, and I got my job. I got a job um, at a really large, top fifty agency in in the UK uh, by lying to get into this position. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So they invited me for an interview as as like a CSS, HTML, PHP developer, something else as well. And so the night before I had my interview, I was on W three Cs. And mm-hmm. I just was like reading everything and going through all the lingo, right? So when I had my interview, they're throwing all these buzzwords at me. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, man, bop, bop, bop. You know, yeah. I was just like calling off everything that they're like, yeah, it's totally cool. And I got the job. Wow. And I, and I started the next day, or I think, or, the, or I think it was like a Friday. So I started on the Monday. And I, I got into the job and I, re- I remember sitting down and turning on my computer and they hand me, I think it was for Boots or something like that, Boots Chemists or whatever it is. It was one of their websites. And they hand me this brief and I'm looking at the brief and I'm like, okay, cool. And then I open up like Text Wrangler or something I think yeah. it was back then and or Coda or something like that. And I was like, I was, I was just staring at this black screen with like numbers down the left-hand side in different colors and uh, I was looking around the office going, oh my God. God, I'm in the deep end right now. Like I was, to- I had no idea what I was doing, like zero. I bet you learned it pretty fast. Oh yeah, man. I I went my my mate, one of my good mates, he's one of my good mates to this day, Andy Irvine. He was sitting beside me, and I go to him. I'm like Andy. Um, and that's how you met Andy. No, I knew Andy before. That. All right, okay. So but I, keep going. But I was like Andy, man. What do I do? Like, where do I start? And so he's like, oh, just you know. Just go back to W3Cs <laughs> and like just go through bits and bobs. And I was basically, this is where I learned to be very like, I think this is where I, I learned that the only way for me to learn was to be stuck into the deep end. Yeah. Right. It's like if, if I want to achieve something and I want to achieve a goal, then I need to be basically going in there with this pressure on me to prove, not to people, it's proven to myself, right? Yeah. That I can accomplish this. And I, I, I studied like a madman. Of course, know? yeah. Because you had, like, yeah, that was man. a crash course for you. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, I, was I need to like, get good at it. Boom, I was in it. And I was like, and within a month or two, I was coding websites easily. A month or two. And they pay for your salary. So basically, they pay They're for you learning. They're paying for my salary. And then after about three months, I got a massive raise. Because <laughs> I, I started learning Flash. And then I started <laughs> using, anim- so that's when I started to dabble in animation. It was at that point when I was using Flash. Um, but at that point, I was just, I was like this, this mass, this just bravado. I was like, oh yeah, man, I could totally take that on. My ego was huge because I was like, man, I just did this thing I never thought I was going to be able to accomplish. And now people are respecting me and coming to me and asking me questions and clients are like being reassured by what I'm telling them, you know, because I come from a background of like having to talk to people and sell yeah. things and stuff. So it was really easy for me to have these conversations where developers were like talking code to people. 
and they're going, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah. You know, bring it down a bit. Well, you could dress that up and like yeah. just spin around in a way that like Absolutely. it made you seem like you knew what you were talking about, but I, actually you were going home and just learning going, that. Yeah I, was, yeah. yeah, I was learning that as I went. You just yeah. copy and paste some code here and there just to see how it works. <laughs> yeah. And if it didn't, then I mean, whatever. And in, re- in retrospect, CSS HTML isn't the hardest thing to learn. But I, I, that's not the point. The point yeah. is I was, I threw myself in the deep end, you know, and that because Edinburgh is such a small scene, if if I fucked that up, that would be like a black mark on my name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I took a big chance, but I was so ignorant to that fact. I didn't know that it was such a small community. I didn't really know the design community at that point. I just said, I'm going to go into this agency, top agency in the UK, one of the top, work for them in you know, something I have no idea how to do and hope for the best. Yeah. You know? And like, uh, in a way, like, <clears throat> that's how it should work. Like, mm. if, you're, if you're an agency and you need coders, backend developers, hire them and mm. teach them teach them how to do it. Yeah, that's all trainable. Those are all trainable skill yeah. sets. And that's why like some there are places that what they want from you is to be a nice nice person, to yeah. not be a dick. Yeah. And they'll teach you the job. Yeah. Because that, like what we do at the end of the day, all you have to do is a good eye for design. Everything else you can learn it. Yeah. Like even a good eye for design. Like when I started designing, I was so bad. I remember um, my first job, the web designer always always had to tell me watch your spacing because mm-hmm. the stuff was all over the shop right yeah, yeah, yeah. and the way I learned I, I realized I was pretty shit because he told me and I just spent my evenings into in the library at uni I would go to work and then from work I go to the library and I have went to every single book on design I could find yeah Do you know from the, yeah, the one that you're just looking at the pictures the one that teaching you the basics of design as I learned mm-hmm. like you know, you know I'm not saying I'm the best designer at all but even that you can learn. Yeah, of course. Because I hate when people say, you know, you don't have a, an eye for design. It's like it's not like you don't have it. You never exercised an eye for yeah, design. Creativity is an is, is a muscle that needs to be exercised. Absolutely. If you if you're the super the most super creative person in the world, and then you stop being creative for like five years, it's going to take you time to get back into that motion. I found that after I left Werewolf because I was running the business mostly rather than being a creative like I would be the creative director by going in like this needs to be better quality this needs to be improved or this motion needs to be you know this fast or this slow or whatever so you're given like finite kind of feedback but to put idea to paper it would take me forever man like and I, I would sit there going I have nothing there's nothing here because you, but you didn't have time like I'd I didn't you well, I wasn't practicing it right it's, but it, as we're saying it's a it's a it's a muscle that needs to be trained and yeah and constantly improved and moving to grow right? yeah so to everybody that feels like they're not good enough you can get good enough yeah it's time it's just time time Keep and hard patience. work patience yeah. and work like yeah. look at design stuff every day look yeah. at inspiration try and re- recreate that totally you know fire up Photoshop and Illustrator just play around with it oh totally like when I got into print design, I was in print design at some point, doing like brochures and ads and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and again, I, I got a job doing this and I had no idea. Like I could basically lay out a page and I could yeah. use Photoshop because I've used it for like web design and stuff like that. But And that was your next step. So after you finished. Reading. Yeah, I was like, well, I was, no, I actually did that before web design. Okay. So it kind of like, yeah, helped me with sort of web design and designing things anyways. But... <clears throat> I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I just bought loads of books on, yeah. on, on like typography. 
yeah. and layout. Those are the best ones. Yeah, yeah. typography, layout, the logo design, yeah. uh, branding. Uh, I still have books today that I bought, you know, 10 years ago because they're so useful. Just even if you don't look at them all the time, but once in a while reference them. That's all I did. I just submerge myself. And that's what I do when I get into things. I, I really, I deep, I dive really deep into it. I almost become really, really manic about it, you know, and it, um, I, I, I just, everything else kind of falls away and I just, yeah. brrr, I'm in this now and I focus on it really, really hardcore. So like on, on that note then, how do you cope with the rest of your life? Because like when you're that focused on something new, everything else, you know, there's only so much time during the day. Yeah, that's a hard thing and I'm, that's something I'm still, I'm, I'm still trying to find my way. I, I'm better at managing that, um, but I have, I do, as I said, I become very manic about something so I can focus on it and then everything else falls away. And now having a family and, you know, a, a, my daughter's like got things on all the time and Cam's got her own thing on my wife and stuff. She's got her own things going on. So I have to be able to kind of go, okay, this box here is for my design time where I can dive deep. And then this here is for my my family time or my spending time with my daughter and stuff. And then also like, finding that balance like I need time to spend with my friends to have chats about this sort of thing or play games and geek out you know or go outdoors and go camping and all that kind of stuff so you have to it takes a long time to get to that point I think and you know and realize that you don't have to it's a bit of an oxymoron in a sense because in these sort of chats and when you talk to people who are in the creative industry you have to work hard and you have to put the time and effort in to do it right and a lot of times that means ignoring your friends for a while or ignoring your family so you can level up. And as you get older, you start to learn to manage this it better. I'm not going to say it's going to be completely perfect, but you start to manage it better where you go, look, actually, I've, I've worked for the last 10 weeks hardcore. Now I'm going to take a week out from me and do whatever I need to do just to recharge my batteries. And then I got now I'm going to be energized and I'm going to spend some time with my family for the next month. And I know after that point... I'm going to have to go back to work or study or improve my skills or level up. But, I've, I, you know, I'm kind of spreading myself out. Not thin, but just saying this is now boxed in for this time and this is boxed in for that time. And realize you don't have to rush to that end goal. I think that's a problem, especially being young. You think like in order for me to get here, I have to go now, 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 faster, 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 work really, really, really hard and get there. And you will get there, but what happens is you'll burn out. You'll work so hard all the time and you'll forget about everything else that you just go, you know what, I don't want to do this industry anymore or I'm tired or I'm angry and I don't know why I'm angry or I've, I'm being mean to, to my friends or to my partner or to, you know, whatever it might be or I'm just ruining my career now. I'm being a dick in the office. I'm out drinking all the time. I'm hungover in the office, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you start to crash and burn. So like, tell me about this then. What was like in terms of burnout yeah because like from what you're saying you've definitely been there you mm. touched down on burnout land absolutely what what took you there what was the first when was the first time that you realized all this that you realized i can't just run forward i need to stop and, and take a breath in uh a year and a half ago um and in, ref in uh, again as i say i like to reflect a lot of, yeah. a, a lot when i have time to myself and stuff but I've done, I've burnt out more than once, but not realized it. 
I'm sure you did, yes. Because that is just the way you were being stubborn and stuff. Yeah, of course. That's the, I'm, I'm driven. So yeah. And I'll just see that as being like, you know, oh, I'm tired right now. Or, yeah. or I'm, I'm in a mood. Or I need a change. It's usually like a fl- fight or flight mechanism. You know, yeah. it's like whether that was like a partner I was with. I'm like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And you run away. You know, or yeah. I'm in this job. I don't want to be in this job anymore. I'm gone. That's usually what I would do. But it wasn't because of that situation necessarily. It's just what I drove myself to. And I was just tired. Mm. Um, you needed it, a break then. I needed a break. And uh, um, yeah, so it was about a year and a half ago. Um, where I, I I crashed and burnt. Absolutely. So how did you deal with it, and how did you 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 go out of it? Um. Well, first of all, I didn't deal with it very well, <laughs> 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 and I think that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think you have to not be able to deal with it for a while. That's a whole purpose. That's why you've crashed. You, that's why you burn out. You yeah, that's why you burn because yeah. you can't deal with all this stuff that's happening around you. Too whatever those responsibilities are. And, and that's a hard thing to kind of get over. And, go, and, and I still struggle with this today is just to go, actually, you know what? This is okay that I feel this way. It's okay that I'm, I'm a bit moody or I'm not into this right now. Um, so it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, and the way that I, I... I had a big panic, man, a big fear that the, I drove myself to the point where... I no longer wanted to be in the creative industry at all. Like, I was going down the route of becoming like a tree farmer and, and working, building uh, uh, mountain bike tracks in the forest. And that was a year and a half ago. That was a year and a half ago. You know, I had things lined up. I had, I had forest commissions, applications sorted and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was going down this like complete opposite route. I'm never touching a computer again. I'm going to go out in the wilderness. That's me done. I've finished this journey, right? And I was having the fear kicked in me because I was like, no, man, I'm a creative individual. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been building this up for decades now. Yeah, man, I've been working so hard to get here. No. Uh, what the hell, man? Why would I give all that up? So that took a bit of, that took, that took nearly a year to kind of figure that out. But what I wasn't allowing myself to do, and this is what I tell a lot of my students and, uh, and people that I work with and friends and stuff as well, is you have to allow yourself to be lame. Just be like crap for a while. Like just be okay with the fact that you're watching TV right now. You're playing an Xbox game, PlayStation game. You're on your computer trolling on internet, looking through YouTube comments, and you're sitting there going, why am I looking through inter- in- YouTube comments right now? Well, you make me feel jittery just talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't sit down and play a video game. But Are you crazy? I know, but this is, a, this is what we've grown into, and this is what yeah. we culture, right? Is you have to work hard to achieve this almost intangible goal. It's, they're not... They're not success, it's like the success thing. It's like you know these things are intangible and they're 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 not something you when you get there you're like oh boom i'm here i made it yeah it's little steps right it's like okay now i made it here now what's the next step oh i made it there now maybe i'm gonna try this what's the next step right and in between that you have to be able to go you know what today i'm i'm actually comfortable with not doing anything i'm not going to touch a computer i'm not going to look at work i'm not going to try to improve my skills i'm just going to be calm and just be me for a little while, right? Yeah. And I think that takes a long, well, for me, it took a long time to understand that. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever, but I think that you need to be able to be comfortable 
but just not doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just uh, you playing Spider-Man on PS4 today and that's all it totally. is. Totally. Yeah. That's what I did. I was like, and then the whole time, pretty much the whole time I was thinking, man, I should totally be leveling that's up here right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, man, this is this is okay for now. This is recharging my batteries. This is going to give me energy. So when I get back into it, boom, I'm in it right now. You know? Do you know what I think is also the fact that our job kind of push us for a very short amount of time to mm. work a very big number of hours because like yeah. you know some projects you're, you're at it for eight, eight, eight hours then you got to do your taxes or you've got to watch over your website your yeah. social media or you've got another project you're working on and you've got the emails because like that's the thing it's like emails alone take a lot of your time and if plus you got to do the job in itself like if, if you appear to be like me very slow as never replying to emails because you got to double check and triple check you're not talking bullshit all the time <laughs> it's always like or not being an asshole or you're not being an <laughs> like because like for me it's, it's such a fine line yeah, yeah yeah and like i find myself sometimes i'll catch some of my emails being too patronizing not even realizing it you know because like i'm just writing and the translation doesn't come out well so yeah, i have yeah. to like go through it sometimes i get my wife to have a read of it and says chloe can you check this it's not i'm not being yeah. an ass and she's like um, she's always like, no, 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 you'll be fine, don't worry about it. Um, but I think like the fact that we work in burst eff effectively. But you're talking about the freelance domain though. I'm talking about- Or are about you thinking about the agency life? Both. Because like if you work in an agency, you, you will be squeezed in two weeks time to make a project that usually takes three, three weeks time. And not because the agency is squeezing itself, it's just because it's the nature of the project. And it's the nature of the business. And the nature of the business itself. So it's like, it feels to me that like because you get used to this kind of timeline, it's easier to burn out. Because if by any chance you get four or five of those projects one after another, like time flies. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. work yourself to death for like four months, for instance. And yeah, of course. Absolutely. The burnout. I, I do want to note that this way of working doesn't have to be. Sure. Okay. But you need to learn how to say an old But not even just you, not even just people as individuals. I think yeah. people in general in the business need to manage their shit better because it doesn't have to be this way. I agree with that. It doesn't. So uh, for anybody who's just getting into the industry, and I think if there can be more like-minded people on this wavelength and that are going to eventually start running these businesses, you know, which they will, Yeah. the younger generation before us and before them and whatnot, you need to go in this industry now with the mindset that that doesn't have to be the way. I agree. Right? Because yeah. if we continue down this route of having to work our employees to the bone, condense this work hours to ridiculous work hours for no apparent reason whatsoever apart from mismanagement and miscommunication, um, we will cause a lot more burnout in the future. We already have yeah. burnout. You know, uh, you can see that change where people are, are are leaving companies because they can't work there anymore, because they're tired. Yeah, that's not healthy for the company. That's not healthy for the individual. Um, yeah, because then we go back to what you were saying before. Sometimes people burn out; they don't even realize. Yeah, absolutely. They've just been doing the same thing for so long for such at such um, a pace that you get to a point that you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But yeah. actually, 
you're just tired. Yeah. You need time off. You need to do other things. Or you have a breakdown, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 you work, 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 and then finally you go, okay, I'm going to take a holiday. You go for that holiday and you break down. You're done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's, there's no need for that industry to work the way, it, the way it does. And when I ran Werewolf, we never worked late. I think we worked late once or twice on a job. But I was adamant. Like, no, 5.30, you go home. It's your time to be creative or do or be lame or do whatever you need to do. So when you come back in for the eight hours, you're focused. I'm Nobody is yeah. productive for 12 hours a day. Nobody. Nope. I don't give a shit if you're like the best designer in the world. You're on Facebook. You're texting people. You're going to the toilet to take a piss that you don't need to take because you just need to get away from the computer. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Right? So... That's a bit of a rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? Like, not to kiss your ass, but like when I was, when I, when you employed me a couple of times to come work with, with you guys, because you needed some extra hands. I mean, you did just that. I was your extra hands. Yeah. So that like, the guys didn't have to be, to stay late. Yeah, totally, man. Because I could totally see that what I was doing, I was like, oh, but they can do it. Yeah. Like, if they push four hours extra for a couple of yeah, days yeah, they've totally. done my job but they don't need me there but like, then I realized that you were doing it just because you don't you didn't want them to do that I don't want them to work and like them. you know Werewolf was very successful as a business it was yeah and like it was the, the, the actual proof that proof that you could do that mm-hmm. but then you made the cardinal seem or working yourself to death yeah I I I what, what happened so you didn't follow your own advice I didn't follow my own advice I didn't follow because and the problem with that is again it goes back to when I'm in something I'm in it and I wanted to make sure that uh, Werewolf was a successful business and probably yeah and, and I did I took on way too much I didn't really ha- necessarily have the support that I needed as well to, to help with that side of things and the pressure was on uh, from from other from other areas um but yeah i did i definitely i didn't i didn't take my own advice that's for sure yeah so like that is so that is what brought you to the next burnout like the last burnout you had and the realization that i can't do it all by myself yeah that that was and or yeah i can't do it all by myself and if I continue to work the way I'm working with the partnerships that I have. Um, I'm going to crash out even worse, and this isn't this isn't what I want. It's never what I wanted, and I try to give it the best I could to my employees and the people that I work with, with suppliers like yourself and several other people, to make sure that we weren't busting our ass needlessly. Um, and their clients totally respect that as well. That's integrity. You know what I mean? Like if you can go to a client and say, I'm not doing that right now because we're done for today. Yeah. You're going to have to wait till tomorrow. You should have brought that up earlier. Yeah. You know? That's a very interesting point because client by the way businesses work, mm. they don't work at like the amount, the people that work for a client don't work the same amount of people work for an agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this is a you know it's a gross generalization. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there are certain clients that work you to death, and there are certain agencies that are very chilled and of work normal no, amount of hours. Absolutely, but I'm not talking about <clears throat> a slight different pace. I'm talking about yeah a, a, a remarkable difference in pace. Yes. So like for people, like I always say that you, like you know working with an agency is like an, an acceleration for your career because you're going to be doing so much stuff 
mm-hmm. in such a condensed amount of time that you by that naturally you'll get better. Yeah. No matter what you do, if you're a creative, you're in the digital department, or you're in the the studio doing art working, you're just gonna get better faster. Yeah, you're doing. Yeah, of course, because yeah, you're working. Yes, but you're then, working on more stuff. But then you can't stick to that long term, because if you do, you risk to burn out. Yeah, I mean, there's people that do. I I th- I think there's there's a couple things there. I think, I think, if you work in an environment where the pressure's on all the time. Yeah. And you're not getting rep- recompense for the effort that you put in, whether that's pay wage- wages or pay increases or um, days in lieu or whatever kind of benefit that would help sustain that employee. Yeah. Which that these things should be in place by any agency, for sure. If you worked an extra eight hours, then take that time off. Get the hell out of the office. Yeah. It's simple. It's really simple. That should be a thing. Like, even that's just that little detail will make a difference. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely the, I would do that in Werewolf as well. If the guys work, if they have to work over a couple hours or whatever, yeah, tomorrow, don't bother. Come 11. Out. Yeah. Or actually, today it's sunny out. Let's go have a barbecue. Yeah. You like, know? it also, like, means that you recharge your battery faster. So next day you'll be work faster. You'll, 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 you'll be focused. more motivated. More yeah, focused. more motivated, more focused. Absolutely. You kidding me? Like, if I had two two weeks of intense work, and I remember sometimes working until 10 p.m. in the agency, mm-hmm. right? Give me a week off. Yeah. Like, I just finished a big project. I made you a, a tons of money. Yeah. And I have enjoyed it up to a certain point, and then it becomes too much. Yeah. Just give me two, three days off. Give me yeah. half a week off or a whole week and... Yeah, but then they, especially in big agencies, then they see that as like not meeting their profit margins, and we're paying for you to be there, so you need to be there. That's such. I mean, that's such an industrial revolution uh, idea of like you need to be there for your sixty-eight hours a week or whatever it is. Otherwise, you know, what are we paying you for? Well, wait a minute, hang on. I just spent sixty-eight hours in three days. Give me those two days off. You know what I mean? Like I've done my duty. That's it. Like that, then we can go deep into the nine to five and the fact that the nine to five, when the nine to five started, there was a complete different industry. Yeah. Like the world worked at a different pace. Yeah, your ass had to be in that place, yeah, yeah. in front of the belt. Yeah, the you got to clock belt, in, man. Do things, yeah. and you had to be there eight hours because if you did eight hours, you had, you you could produce X amount of money, which then. Yeah. You know, the owner of of the place who make money off of you, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's no conveyor belt anymore. No, there isn't. Why the fuck are we working? And creativity hours never was a conveyor belt. Yeah. How um, how can you package creativity and say, oh, you have to be creative for nine to five now? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's it's nonsensical. I mean, yeah. you can't go in. Oh, we're gonna work on this brief. There's so many times where I got a brief in, and let's say I was luxurious enough to have a week to come up with an idea, right? Never. But, let, but let's say they <laughs> gave me a week, so, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, you got a week to come up with an idea. I guarantee, for the first. 4.5 days I'm not doing anything on that brief guarantee well because you'll have all this stuff to do anyway it's so. not even that it's I don't have ideas right now I don't, I, I, yeah. I, I'm sitting here I'm like I gotta okay where, uh, and then I'm gonna go troll a bit I'm gonna go get some other inspiration or whatever but usually when the idea came out is when I'm outside doing something and I'm oh cool come back couple hours bam there's your idea this is what I think we should mm-hmm. do here's all the thinking this is why it's yeah. condensed it's focused it's you know it's that um, state that yeah. you need to be in. But like to get into that state, you need to have your, your battery charged. Yeah, and you need to be lame. Yeah. So you need to be lame for a while, and then your battery has like a three-quarter, and that's when you can get your ideas. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, you can improve that. You can make it, you can get it better. So yeah, you, you don't need that more much. efficient. You can be more efficient. Yeah, d- right? Absolutely. You can absolutely. get more efficient at charging your batteries. But Some an people, idea you know, doesn't just come out at nine to five. 
You can't just say. Oh, today you're going to be creative. What? <laughs> <laughs> today you need to be creative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like again, again, you know, it it still is. Um, I I understand that you need to as a business, you need to make it work. You need to make money. I get that. Yeah, there must be a better way. Of, of course, you need to make money, but I I, I do. Th- I firmly believe in this that we don't need to work as as we don't need to work as much as we think we need to work if we have the integrity to stick behind you know what we're what we're doing like what we're providing as a service and say actually it takes it physically takes this long to produce this thing yeah okay if we're producing a book for you and it needs to get designed. You need to then sign off on the proper bloody days if you want it delivered for this time. And then that then needs to get sent to the artwork. The artwork needs to work on it. Then you need to collate that all together, send it off to the printers, do print checks, get everything working, test your samples, blah, 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 get yeah. your stocks, all that kind of nonsense, right? Then you finally get a sample, proper sample, you look at it, go back with any cues that you need to get fixed. And then you go to production, right? Yeah. You can't fast, I mean, you can, but the quality is going to get That's, knocked down. Yeah, we're back and then the client's right? going to be like, why, why didn't we have it like this spec? I mean, come on. Yeah, you gave us a, a, a job that should have taken three months in two weeks. That's why it looks like that. But nobody does that. They don't go, well, actually, you know what? If that's your timeline, it's going to cost X and it's going to look like this. What we do is we deliver the world. We go, oh, totally can do it in that time. Totally can do it for mm-hmm. that money. Totally can do, deliver it for that quality. And none of it goes right. Yeah, and all half, the time. And half an industry almost go past. Yeah, look I at mean, the visual effects. You over, what happened you, to them? You, you're actually now paying for the job because yeah. you've underquoted it. Timings are too short and too tight because the production guys, the printers, or whoever can't get it done enough in time. So now they're calling in extra resources that you're having to pay for, and the quality gets reduced because you can't do your proper Q and As, right? And then the client gets this thing and they're angry with you, and then they won't come back to you ever again. Because the quality of work is shit. I mean, also you're overworking your people, so and you're overworking your four people. days. How in. is this sustainable? And it isn't. You know, what <laughs> I mean? whereas you could have just went to a client and said, "Hey, man, if you want this quality, and I've done this before, if you want this quality of work, this is how much it's going to cost. This is how long it's going to take. If if you if you don't have the money or you need it done in a shorter period of time, then this is what we can do, and this is the quality you're going to yeah. get. And they might go, "Oh, actually, you know what?" Um, we can't afford that or actually we want this within this time limit and then it's in your right to go hey man that's nope. cool can't do it good luck yeah right you stuck by your integrity and i guarantee i swear to god on this man nine times out of ten they have come back to me and gone we should have listened to you well like on that like I, i'm glad you've been talking about this from a business perspective mm. because like from a freelancer perspective it's the same it's exactly the same. Because like that's my approach now. After a few years, I yeah. can I can totally say that having that co- that conversation with the client and explaining how you can do in the amount of time, yeah. uh, what you can you can deliver in that amount of time, of course, and what you can deliver with less money, with more money. It's important because then they know exactly what's up, and yeah. like they're not gonna push you. I hate this word, but transparency. Transparency. Yeah, that's what it it's is. It's just being clear and being honest with yourself. Because imagine that you get a job in and you have the ridiculous time pressures. You have a budget that actually doesn't meet any of your overheads or what you should be actually earning for profit or anything like yeah. that. And you bust your ass on this project. At the end of the day, it's going to be crap. I don't care how cool that project <laughs> is. It's soul destroying. It's going to be some, and it's soul destroying and it's going to wear you out. And it's not something you're going to put in your portfolio. 
So now you just spent two, three weeks, a month on something that is more problematic than it is actually a benefit to you. You didn't learn anything. You didn't yeah. grow. Whereas you could have actually said, you know what? I'm not doing this project. Um, yeah. And I'm going to focus on this and maybe do a couple small jobs, which would be more profitable to you. Yeah. That's the thing. This other job. I mean, that's another thing. Another important thing we should talk about in the next episode is like navigating that world. Like project, yeah, it's, it's hard. Which kind of project you should work on? Why you should work on certain projects instead yeah. of others? And like short pro, I love short projects because you can really have fun with it and you can deliver something yeah. cool. And they're usually cheaper for the client, so they yeah. can afford and they give you the time to do more things. So yeah. I really, I really enjoy the short projects. Although I always like to find this balance of long and short because the long projects allow you to have more in the bank and you got like, as time a freelancer, as well. yes. And you can play around with it a bit more. And like, I think <clears throat> you got to learn this on your own skin. You got to start, you got yeah. to make the mistakes, you got to fuck it up a little yeah, bit and yeah, then you, yeah. you know. And you got to take any any advice that you get, you got to take with a grain of salt. Always, always. You know what I mean? Like I I can almost, pre- I almost become preachy on yeah. this subject. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, students, we go preachy here yeah, yeah, today. But, student, but students like will ask me or like young people in the industry or even people that have been in the industry for a long time. We have this discussion quite a bit. We have this discussion yeah. quite a bit, you know? And when when we do talk about this subject and and I relate these stories and how I run what I do, that's just how I run it. And that's what works for me, right? Yeah. So people need to take in as, it's like learning your craft. You have to take in as much information as you possibly can. And then you need to distill that down into something that works for you. Yeah. That's the hard bit. Oh, yeah. It's figuring out. And then... The next hard bit is actually going, I think this would work for me. I'm not sure. It sounds kind of risky, but the only way you're going to know is if you try it. So now you got to take the leap. Like saying to a client, I'm not going to do that job because it's not paying me good enough. Yeah. It's too tight of a time constraint and you want too much for it. And it, it's just too much stress. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to pass on this job. There's, and maybe you refer them to somebody else. Yes. You need to take that leap. That's a hard leap, especially when 2,000 pounds is staring you in the face. Yeah. It doesn't matter how shit the job looks. That two grand looks pretty sweet. Yeah. And sometimes you need those two grand, let's face it. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Sometimes you got a mortgage to pay. And you're like, two grand, you know what? I'm going to have to sweat and spill blood for the next two weeks or the next week, but I'll do it. I'll take yeah. those two grand. I'll, I'll but leave. if you know that that belongs in that bucket, that's that you know then it. you're okay yeah you take the responsibility for Don't, it but if you're not disillusioned by this is okay they said it's going to be a good project so it's going to be a good project oh i'm going to make money i'm yeah. going to make don't get delusioned this disillusioned by that or delusional just put it in a bucket that belongs in the shit pile yeah you know that's just that's just doing what i needed to do which is to pay my bills yeah and then once it's done wash your hands off and you go move on to better yeah. things good luck yeah. do you know what like at the end of the day when you distill it down we all don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We're t- only talking about our own experience. Yeah, and how we're trying to still yes. navigate that path. To yes. The- yeah, of course. Uh, so, like, we're, we're in our own bodies, in our own minds, and we're trying to make it work for us. So, yeah. like, whatever you say, whatever I, I speak to somebody that asks me about this, I'm always the same. I'm always like, look, here is my experience. Yeah, exactly. Take it for what it is. Yeah, take it or not. Yeah, it I doesn't mean, matter. Or take pieces of it. Yeah. What I say always is like, just go and fuck it up. Yeah. Fuck it up so badly that you're going to learn from it. Because that's what I did. And that's what many people do in this industry. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to get better. You're yeah. going to get stronger. And you, you learn the ropes of surviving and in the industry 
only by fucking it up. No, mistakes. Make mistakes, right? Make these mistakes. Make mistakes. And like, and that's for everything. Like, for instance, this podcast, yeah. right? It doesn't matter if it's shit. It's probably a shit. And I'm probably, <laughs> like, you know, when it's, we do the next it's episode. It's like your second one, man. Come yeah, on. you know, it's you the see? second one. High expectations. Let me be, let me be <laughs> sucky for a while and then it will yeah. get better. I promise of you. If, if you're listening, whatever, like, don't worry. I promise you it's going to get better. Right now, it's pretty shit. Deal with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> St- stick around it because it, it's going to get better. But I think that it's important, right, to mm. have these conversations because I don't hear this conversation often in the industry. All I hear is people resign to the fact that this is how it works. Like people need to talk about this. We need to be more honest and open about what we do and how hard it is. But mm. also, it's fun. Been talking about all the bad things about it, so it's been a pretty negative so far. But. Yeah, well, hopefully somebody oh, somebody can take some positive out of this conversation. I think there is, in in between the darkness, <laughs> you can find the light. There is um, light. Some, somewhere, definitely. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, the, we should be in a mindset as designers, whether we're old or new, is to try to change the traditional way of working. Yes. And make it better. Make it better. Because right now, yeah. it doesn't work. It, it it works, but to the, the people. Yeah, it works, but like you're sucking the life out of people. Yeah, and why does the industry need to be like that? And it doesn't need to be. It like doesn't that. need to be like. All that. right, so thank you very much, Dave, for attending, for being on the podcast. Please tell me where people can find you. Uh, you can find me on ArtStation, just David Hartman at ArtStation.com. That's the only place I have my portfolio at the moment, or LinkedIn. Um, and that's it. I don't really have a portfolio up yet, so to speak. So We didn't even touch on the fact that you don't use social media. I don't use social media. No. That's, that's for another episode. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good rest of the day, evening, whenever. If you're having a poo, and I hope you enjoyed your poo, we'll speak <laughs> you soon. Next episode will be next week. Bye. See you later.